Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? I want to watch romantic comedy. This is shaping up to be the worst Christmas since I died. Well, hello. Hello. And welcome to romanticcomedycommentary.com, or as Sarah likes to call it. Romcomcom.com. And we're in the holiday season. It's the holiday, holiday season. season. Whoop-dee-doo. And doodly-doo. I don't know anymore. And don't forget to climb up the top. He'll be coming down the chimney now. Right? Is that the rest of the song? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm learning. Cool. I like to just set up things not at all. <laughs> and see where I go. Well, yeah, because you, you seem to know uh, where to take things. This hey, week, right. it is Christmas season, and we are going to try to pack this month with some good yeah. Christmas rom-coms. <laughs> good. We are, however, starting with not a good. <laughs> not <sighs> good, and maybe not a rom-com. And not a Christmas movie. Well, it's not. Well, it isn't. I mean, it really <laughs> isn't. This week we are doing the Spirit of Christmas, a 2015. <clears throat> it's listed as a drama mystery. Ooh, uh, a drama mystery. Well, this is just bullshit. Ninety-six percent of Google users like this movie. Well, yeah, I, we've long given up on Google. As it a... says on IMDb six point five. No. There's absolutely no way. <laughs> like, but I have a few choice IMDb's to read because they're freaking hilarious. Most people are like, I watch a lot of these. This is interesting. It was good. Wait, can I can I ask you a question before we start? Sure. Was this a real in theaters movie? No, no. No, no was it was on this, Lifetime th- first. That, I, 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 I wanted to know if it was a Hallmark or a Lifetime because there's no way this was a real. Yeah. December 18th, 2015. Lifetime. Wow. Okay, that answers mm-hmm. a lot of questions. Yeah, and it has the lead actress. Uh, her name is Jen Lilly, I believe. Yeah, Jen Lilly, who is in a ton of these. Well, the thing with these, and if you've even kind of seen uh, like B-list celebrities, mm-hmm. when they get in the the niche of these, mm. they ride them because yeah. I bet I think I read can they make a bunch of money, and I bet I, I'm almost sure I read they bang these out in a couple weeks. Oh yeah, and they're just in and out. Oh yeah, it, you know. Well, she I, does Days of Our or she did Days of Our Lives up until 2018. Mm. And then she would just do these. And it's like, she's crushing it. Yeah. Well, because you can be a working actor or actress. These are probably all shot in, uh, God, where is it in Canada that they all, yeah. all the movies and things get shot? Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that's where this got shot. Actually, it didn't. Oh. It was in Massachusetts. No. Mm-hmm. No. Because they needed the specific place. Because the script demanded that level of respect. It was filmed at the historic Proctor Mansion Inn, located in Wrentham, Massachusetts, and the Harding Allen Estate, located in Barr, Massachusetts. There you go. I am shocked. Mm -hmm. And it played against Hallmark's premiere of a movie called A Christmas Melody, which featured a jazz version of Jingle Bells on its soundtrack, performed by Jen Lilly. For her Tinsel Time Christmas album. <laughs> so Jen Lilly is a is a double threat. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's, She's all over the place. Yeah. Oh. She's crushing have it. Have you 
Do you have any friends that are into these types of movies, like the Hallmark specifically? Well, I was talking to my parents about them. Oh, that's a good start. And they were like, oh, yeah, we've been talking to people who we never expected to like these. And like m- one of my dad's law partners oh. it was like, oh, yeah, I kind of watch a lot of them. And like just people you don't expect, you're like, oh, huh, they're a thing. They're almost... The few of them I've seen and the fact that people get into them, I imagine it has to be like when I sit down and watch an episode of Monk with Tony Shalhoub. Oh, absolutely. Where it's the formula mm-hmm. and you can just sit there and do other things. It's like women like um, Law and & Order and Law & Order SVU. Just the formula. It's boom, yeah. boom, boom. Well, Malcolm Gladwell has a theory about these why especially women are obsessed with these kind of formulaic things. And he said that, you know, there are like four different kinds of stories. There's, I I can't say it right, but there's the Northern, which is about, it's kind of like a Serpico story. It's like one man against the system, which is rotten from the inside. But he's on the inside working to fix it. There's the Western, which is one man and there's no system. And he's making his own law. You know, and a lot of men like that shit. That's what most sci-fi is as well, is is a Western theme. Yeah. There's the Eastern, which is the law and orders and the formulaic, and it's a system. And every week that system stays the same, and the person lives within that system. Is the fourth one the South? Yeah, the fourth one is the South, which (laughs) is that the system is corrupt, but it takes someone from the outside to come in and fix it. So like John Grisham novels, every John Grisham novel has someone from the outside to come in and fix this corrupt system. Proud of myself for remembering that. So wait, then why does he think, where's the, what one women like fall the into? The Eastern. The Eastern one? Oh, because it's formulaic and boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it lives within that and people get what they deserve. And, you know, because I mean, I listen to My Favorite Murder and some other true crime podcasts and women like these true crime stuff because we are the people who experience a lot of these crimes and to prepare ourselves, you know, and we are the weaker sex and to, you know, learn about these crimes and then also to hear them being solved or to see people get their comeuppance, you know, is it's satisfying. Well, yeah, you and I were even talking about one time you really like Dirty John. Yeah. And, and like I said, it just didn't resonate with me. And what mm. I think we kind of landed on was because it, it you could relate to many, like the things said in it were mm-hmm. like within your world of experience. And to me, well, was, Andy's from Dayton. Well, yeah, that. But also for me, it's like, oh, what do you mean? Someone tried taking advantage of me? Like, fuck that guy. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's just, it's so outside of my sphere mm-hmm. that I was like, yeah, I guess this is interesting ish, but I'm not, I wasn't like on the edge of my seat. Whereas yeah. you and every other girl I knew, you know, mm-hmm. that. So, then do women love Hallmark movies also because they can relate to ghost men coming back around Christmas? (laughs) Well, I think because they have a formula, just like rom-coms, it's not the same formula, but I have established the guidelines. I don't know if we want to get into this yet. uh, That's that's up to you. Well, should we go over the movie first? Yeah. Do you want to tell me what this movie is about? Sure. (laughs) So Kate is a overworked workaholic lawyer in Boston whose boss sends her to this inn in somewhere in New England to, because it needs to be sold 
within by the end of December, within three weeks, appraised and sold because some senator is dying. I couldn't come up with what the hell was going on there. Anyway, she <laughs> arrives at the inn and the uh, innkeeper is closing up because he always closes for 12 days before Christmas. And she says, well, I need you to appraise this. The last appraiser just ran out screaming. Uh, and he's like, well, I can't, you know, we close up. So she decides to stay at the inn because she has keys, even though she's been advised that there could be a ghost there. And, of course, she hears weird things at night, and then the ghost appears, Daniel, and they get into various scrapes and kerfuffles. She learns about his past. It becomes more of a story of her solving the mystery of why he's still a ghost. Yeah. And for 12 days, he becomes a real man and can walk around and be human because he has some sort of curse on him. So it goes back to all that shit. They start to kind of fall for each other, but it's also like, and then there has to be a Christmas party there Christmas Eve because the one lady's inn got flooded or something and she has to use theirs. Anyway, Kate gets called back to Boston. She is told like, you're getting a promotion. This is great priorities Kate and she's like I know my rear priorities and she goes back to the inn and she brings back more information for Daniel the ghost about his life he's so grateful on Christmas Eve there's this big party then he starts to see his former wife and then the guy who possibly killed him comes to this whole revelation he realizes who killed him and why and then um, they think at midnight he's gonna disappear so his wife comes to get him and she's like, it's your choice, Daniel. And he comes back and dances with Kate one last time. Then she falls into some weird slumber and he disappears and she's like, oh, he's gone. The man I love is gone. The next morning she like goes outside to leave and she sees through the woods, through the trees, a man climbing through the very thick snow and it's Daniel. And he's like, 12 days was never enough for me. And and he's a real man. The end. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you didn't mention in there is he was a bootlegger as well. He was a bootlegger. And the innkeeper managed to buy the inn. Oh, yeah. With that woman who owned the bar because that flooded. at one point, the innkeeper was interested in the lawyer girl and then was interested in another lady. I thought he was talking to Daniel at one point. About. He wasn't interested in the lawyer. Okay. No. He was interested in buying the inn because he wanted to maintain it for Daniel, but he didn't have but, the money. But then the girl, but then he ended up buying it with the girl that owned the bar or yeah, something. Molly. I was in and out of this. Mo- I mean, this was a fight <laughs> to make it through. It really was. I was watching this simultaneously with another movie called The Night Before Christmas with a K about oh. a medieval knight who comes to 2019 Ohio to woo Vanessa Hudgens. That's awesome. So I get some of this mixed up, but it just serves to show you that there is absolutely a formula because they both follow it. It's amazing. Uh, I typed in Spirit of Christmas movie just to see what other people are saying. And uh, a website called pedestrian.tv has a article titled Drop Everything and Watch This Christmas Movie About a Hot Horny Ghost Immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? I mean, he's super hot. He's like, I think, hotter than the average lifetime movie dude so i i at the very beginning when he came on you may tell me i'm crazy here i had to pull up on my computer because i was like 
that kind of looks like it could be Harry Connick Jr. Could Can this I be Harry Connick Jr.? Shut I, your mouth. I thought so. You're wrong. Well, and so I I started trying to think at that Harry point. Connick Jr.'s much younger and more attractive brother. Sarah, you and I are going to differ here. I'm, I guess I'm more of a Harry Connick Jr. guy than than this guy. Harry Connick Jr.? So. You talk, either way, I started thinking like all the people in this are kind of like bootlegs of actual celebrities. Like yeah, they're almost yeah. there. Like... Her boss, if you looked at him, looked like mm-hmm. a like John Favreau. Like if you made this yeah. a real Hollywood, I was thinking more Ned um, Ryerson. But he was like a little bigger in the cheeks. <laughs> but I could also see a Ned Ryerson. Yeah. Uh, the guy I thought, if they made this into a real like movie theater release movie, I would say Harry Connick Jr. For the guy, you mm. apparently don't agree. And then for the. Uh, the female lead, mm-hmm. she felt like she wanted to be Amy Adams or Anna Kendrick, but mostly See, Amy Adams. I was to thinking me. she reminds me of the love interest girl from White Collar. I thought she looked so much like her. I don't know who she's she is. in the new um, Baywatch too. Doesn't help me. Whatever. I don't look her up. Well, I just we'll thought put she it was, on the website. I just thought she was giving that Amy Adams feel to me, though, like kind of cutesy, kind of kind of innocent, kinda smart. And, and Until you watch Amy Adams and Sharp Objects, and then you go, "Whoa!" Because it's very different. Oh wait, have you seen that? Yeah, that's didn't that just come out last year? Oh, then no, I'm thinking of something different. It's the HBO limited series. Oh, I'm thinking of a different thing. It's so good, huh? But I do want to say, okay, there's a a storyline that Kate is trying to uncover of Daniel the ghosts that he was married to his love whose name I can't remember. And he's bootlegging. She's angry at him. She's like, you have to make me a promise. You'll be back by Christmas Eve. So he has to bootleg in Canada for some reason, but does make it back in time for the Christmas Eve party. She's out on the porch arguing with his brother who's secretly in love with her and is like, he's never going to change Chloe or whatever her name is. And then Daniel mysteriously gets hit on the head by somebody and dies. But in the meantime, she's like waiting for him. She's secretly pregnant. So she marries his brother. And then the baby dies a few days after it's born. And then she dies. So it's like this whole tragedy. So poor Daniel has been stuck in this weird limbo forever, unable to see his wife or even know what happened to himself or what he doesn't even know there was a baby, let alone whether the baby was a boy or a girl. When Kate comes back from Boston, she comes back with the news that it was a boy, it was named after him, and his name is actually on the birth certificate. So that's some pretty serious shit, you know? This movie does have some real <clears throat> dark shit like that. Yeah. yeah. And like Kate's helping and facilitating all this. And he's been a ghost for literally 100 years. This person on IMDb says... The ending is absolutely insane. I don't care if you prefer modern, emotional, unavailable brunette lawyer ladies over conventional 1920s housewives. If hipster ghost was so damn in love with his woman and found out she had stood up for him, had a baby, both had tragically died just after he was murdered and she named the baby after him, then WTF is he choosing the modern feminist over his one true love after all these damn years apart? only to reunite and dismiss her? Why would he do that? 
Which is so true. That is a really good point I didn't think of. He, why would he do that? He would not. <laughs> That's what they said. There would be a mourning period, most certainly. <laughs> it said it had all the elements of something good, including a very good looking man. So the ending alone is why I get this otherwise mediocre but not bad movie starring a hot hipster ghost, just one star. And it's so true. It's like, he wouldn't do that. Why would he, two weeks, less than two weeks with this girl in from Boston and he's ready to like ditch his entire life, which he's been ruminating over for a hundred years. No. When he did also give a granted, he's only um, alive for what? 12 days of the year. Yeah. He's been doing that for a hundred years. Yeah. So that would be what? 12, 1200 days. So he's been the equivalent of in a hundred years. He's lived. What would that be like? three years something like that yeah sure um that doesn't sound right either it way is. it's okay it's roughly um but so maybe he's had some time to kind of come to grips with just whatever like you know she passed away or whatever but he he's also been in a terrible limbo it sounds like yeah he's he, like the he, dark times when i'm not alive he gave a i'm stuck horrifying description yeah it was like i can't I can't move or I can't do. He gave a yeah. couple. I can't do things. And yeah. it was like, all I can do is and she jumped in the dark and she jumped over that shit real quick. Like, too. Well, do, 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 do. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, wait, no, this guy's telling me like but that there's something wait for after me. death. I can. I am fine with 12 days. She finally like admits her love for oh, him on Christmas yeah. Eve. And she's like, 12 days is enough for me. And oh, he's like, Lord. no, it's not, Kate. You have to go on without me. What happened in this poor woman's life? Yeah, right. That she's forced to run to a ghost she can see 12 days of the year that she's only known for 12 days at that mm-hmm. point and went to New York for some of it or Boston. So she wasn't even there a full 12 days. Right. What what person has hurt this woman in her life? I don't think it's that anyone has hurt her. <laughs> I think it's that she's never let anybody in because she's such a workaholic. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, she's always like broken up with guys or they've broken up with her. They show in the beginning of the film, this guy breaking up with her and she's not faced at all. She's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Like I knew it wasn't going to work. Like, I think he's the first one to get under her skin. And she's like, he's the one for me. This ghost man. This ghost man. Oh my God. I also have to... I have to say this other one star review says horrible ending. The first one star review was by Claudia Constance. And this one star review is Hunter Lee Howell. These are screen names. Watched this movie around Christmas time and it was okay. I enjoyed the whole killing by the best friend thing. It made it interesting for a Hallmark movie. But when it got to the end and he came back to life a hundred years later, young and hot, simply because he wanted to, that's where I drew the line. That has to be the stupidest reason for bringing someone back to life in a movie. And also screw that guy for putting the owner of the hotel through all that, having to close the hotel on Christmas week every year because Daniel gets pissy at Christmas. Only to find out that he can just Jesus himself back to life because he felt like it. It's a horrible <laughs> ending and it ruined the movie and I'll never watch it again. <laughs> Jesus, himself Jesus himself back. back. I didn't yes. even think of that. This poor guy running the inn yeah. is just being That's pushed like around high by time. a ghost. Yeah. Like from December 12th to December 24th. A Massachusetts snowy town. It's like something out of White Christmas. Oh my goodness. The other thing that annoys me is the 12 days of Christmas. Those are not the 12 days of Christmas. 
the first day of the 12 days of Christmas in the traditional sense mm-hmm. is December 25th. And then it goes until Epiphany, which is January 6th, the day that the wise men make it to Jesus's manger. I'm sure it's sometime in my, <laughs> God, what is it? Eighth grade, four years of high school, four years of, in my sixteen years of Catholic You've education. Never known that? I'm sure I did at some point. Okay, well, but those are the as you were telling me that days of Christmas. It, that was revelatory. And each day, especially in in England, and there's a whole thing where you celebrate certain things each day in old timey England, like Dickensian England, and so those are the fucking 12 days of Christmas <laughs> that they sing about in the song. Not the 12th to the 24th. It's the 25th to the 6th. That's what it is. But I was not whatever. Pay, I was not paying attention to this movie because I never even made the connection of he's around for 12 days and it's 12 days of Christmas. No, I was just... Yeah. And he plays it on the piano and that's him playing. Oh, is it? Yeah. When he... Oh my God. So he's like... They're saying a hipster and he mm-hmm. really does look like one of this. Hipster vibe. And he gets behind the fucking bar and mm-hmm. is trying giving a... He sounded like a hipster. He gave yeah. a rundown of needing to get yes. like the right ingredients. Oh my God. Oh my like, Lord. If you use egg whites in something, I'm going to scream because that's such like a <laughs> throwback. He doesn't realize how on point he really is. So then this other person gives it a one star review. BJSM-7... 10 22 mm. and this person provides an alternate ending Ooh, he or she says i agree with all the reviews posted here i watched this on tv when it came out but i could swear there was an alternate ending this is what happens kate runs out to the edge of the property hoping to see that the figure walking toward her is daniel all we think and we think it is but really it's his son who came to see his parents property before it was sold better ending kate realizes after a few questions that it's his son and smiles as she offers to show him around the property honestly it's so clear in my mind maybe i'm crazy but i swear it ooh, ended like that ooh, ooh, ooh. wait not like his not like his son cuz he'd be real that'd old. be too old yeah, yeah it should be his like grandson. a grandson yeah like yeah. that they're the same age but that's what i was thinking was gonna happen that so is like, this is too improbable no that's absolutely the right answer yeah, yeah right? that's the better answer totally it could be played with the same actor just change his facial hair around a little bit i'm gonna give you another way that they could have played this movie to make mm-hmm. it not a christmas movie so we've already established <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that that well and to keeping with what we've we realized with another romantic comedy so he's like a hipster. Yeah. What if he's not really a ghost and he's just Ooh. suffering from early onset dementia? And Ooh. if you change the music to like a little bit faster paced, all of a sudden we have a thriller <laughs> on our hands. And she's running around the house and he's, you know, like, no, I need to be free. I need to be or free. Not even early onset dementia, but like some sort of like dissociative psychosis? personality thing because of his, if his wife dying, like, let's say... He didn't die. He got hit in the head and he didn't die. He's in a coma. Okay. And then his wife dies in childbirth with their son or whatever, dies a few days later. And he wakes up to find all this shit happening and his brother having basically thrown him under the bus and his best friend have been the one that hit him in the head Mm -hmm. and just loses his fucking mind like Shutter Island style. Yeah. You know? And he creates this entire fucking world for himself that everyone just goes along with Shutter Island style. Yeah. So that he can hopefully break out of it. Oh, oh, oh. And then if we even want to bring it up to present day, eventually it's a mantle that is like passed down through the family of some type. You know, like. Well, I'm saying this happened 
oh, present day. Oh, ooh, you're and saying present day. Oh, I shed. love it. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were talking right. like we're starting in the old no. and trying to get here. Oh, I love that a lot. <laughs> oh, but he has to wear the same clothes. Like maybe it happened around a... Uh, like a uh, a themed Christmas party, maybe, yeah, and that would add like a little bit more of a creepy a theme element Christmas to it. Party, or else he just fabricated this shit, and like is really obsessed. Like he's a super hipster. Yeah, he's like really obsessed with like that whole Brooklyn like bartender vibe. <laughs> oh my god! I think we just it, 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 a thriller. That's a good, perfect. That's a Christmas yeah. thriller. Oh, you can make that on a Dennis Lehane. Where are you? Write this. <laughs> Call me. It damn near writes itself. I know. Oh my god! It would have to have a Genius. really snappy title, though. Yeah, but a lot of people were saying in the reviews that this one they liked it because it was different. Like a lot of people, were like I watch a bunch of these. This one is different because it had this mystery element to it, and they weren't just like falling in love with each other. They were trying to solve this thing. And it made it more interesting, which is maybe why you're saying it's not necessarily a Christmas movie. It, this could have happened at any time of the year. It could have, yeah. but it's much more fun to happen at Christmas. Well, no, you're right. But it's the same way you and I last year were talking about how White Christmas isn't a Christmas movie. Yeah, in the same way. And, and even they the, do in choreography. Yeah, but like most of it takes not in during Christmas. There's like right. one scene really. And like mm-hmm. there's like a Christmas party, I guess, in this. But... Mm-hmm. It could have just happened in a cold climate area and been the yeah. same. I like there wasn't a crit. And why was he the spirit of Christmas? Like, okay, so it was again around a, Christmas it's time because there always has to be. No, a I pun. mean I get that, but I'm saying from a story aspect, like you know, like it was around Christmas, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just didn't think it didn't. It Christmas didn't really play a pivotal role in it, other than he was a bartender at a Christmas party. Yeah. Also, were you bothered by the cop when she called the police about there being a guy in her house? What uh, what or, specifically about the cop? Specifically about how calm the cop was saying that, well, maybe a drifter just wandered into your house. <laughs> Did you lock the doors? Maybe it's a drifter. Yeah, he really, From yeah. where? The middle of the woods? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And, and then when she called him again about it, he He's came like, in acting annoyed. Crazy. Yeah, he was annoyed. It's like you yeah. literally just, it, the way he acted that it could have been a drifter was yeah. like he got that call three times a week. <laughs> These drifters are really wandering. No, out. exactly. Like, is this a drifter heavy area? Are you near a prison? No. Is this happening? Is this a hundred years ago yeah. or is this today? Like, is there a hobo code outside oh, on there? She's like, I fucking set the alarm. But it, that just that drove mm. me nuts watching that, and also the fact that like this house has <laughs> some type of history. If the inn owner knows there's a ghost, I bet people in the town know that there's at least yeah. rumors of a hundred year old ghost there. Yeah, you're like, come on, or buddy. they know like, the story. Like Molly the. The bar owner who had to have her party there. Molly mm. was the one who spilled the beans about like, and then his wife died and then his son died. Like she knew mm. the story. And Kate's like, oh, that's good information. And Daniel's like, what the fuck? And he like got legitimately upset, which he should. He was like, this is my life. So it makes it all the more confounding when later on he's like, on goodbye, Lily, or whatever her name was. <laughs> goodbye, I have to go with Kate now. She's modern. I've had two to three days to come to grips with this new information. <laughs> and See I'm done. <laughs> There's nothing for me there. Oh, my God. I can Jesus myself into the present. Have you ever stayed anywhere that was supposedly haunted? Oh, fuck yeah. Really? Fountain point. Have you ever shown up to a place and then had the revelation given to you of like, oh, by the way, this is haunted? Huh. And And if no... 
would that sway you from staying in a place? Probably. I'm trying to, I feel like I have. Huh. Some old hotels and stuff. Yeah, that's the only one I've had is we showed up to a hotel and like put our stuff away and as we're going to sleep, like, oh yeah, by the way, this hotel's supposed to be really haunted, and I'm pretty sure specifically this floor. Great. And I was well, and I was like, you know what? It's not. Like, I, I don't know. That's not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not into that stuff. You really? know, like, I think it's a lot of people playing, like, they're just head games you play with yourself yeah. more than anything. And so I was like, well, you know what? If it is haunted, show me something. There's but- a really, really old piano at the hotel at Fountain Point, um, which was built in 1889. And uh, one of the guests there wrote a song called Leelanau Land of Delight, which I have, I've played, but the way I found it was it was sitting on the old piano and I was allowed to play by the owner because I actually knew how to play the piano, but she would never let guests play. You can't play that. Don't play that. Because it's a really old piano. But I played Leelanau Land of Delight and I would play it on that piano a lot because, you know, that was the where she wrote it and... It was kind of cool, and I swear I could hear someone like kind of singing it no. along with me, just like high, like kind of a high, old voice, like like I was right to off of this main stairway, mm. and I swear I could hear someone like in that other room, like over by the stairs, like kind of singing it with me. <laughs> it was weird. See, that sounds creepy. Yeah, but my mind immediately goes to, well, yeah, it's probably like a weird echo of your voice going probably. somewhere. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to say that you you like <laughs> saw a key move next to you. Like the other weird playing. thing oh, is... Ooh, your eyes lit up. Well, the other weird thing is we worked in the office, which is in the back part of the hotel, and across from us is an old phone booth and um, built in... It's not like an actual like out stationary booth. It's like built into the wall and next to it is under the stairs our games closet which is if you've seen royal tenenbaums it's just like that games closet it is chock full from floor to ceiling with games and it's all under the stairs and that door tends to stick and then randomly open when you're like least expecting it so if you're sitting in the office there's a big glass window and you can see directly across from you i'm just sitting there reading harry potter and the door will just open and you're like, ah! but we established that there's a loose floorboard. So if someone walks by and then jostles that floorboard a couple of minutes later, it'll settle again and then the door will open. So it's like <laughs> enough to freak you out, but there is an explanation. for Yeah. It. So if you showed up to a bed and breakfast and someone told you like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is reasonably haunted. I mean, it'd be one thing. If people were staying there, but if the guy's like, yeah, it's haunted. I'm leaving. And I'm leaving. (laughs) And you're going to be the only one staying here. I'd be like, see you later. I can do my appraising from the nearest town. Yeah. Wouldn't that town. I had that written down. I'm like, what in God's name is making her say, well, I have the keys. So I'm just going to stay here. Like so haughty. Well, she's a young independent city woman. You're dumb, dumb. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, even if it wasn't haunted, I wouldn't want to stay in a hotel, even a modern hotel, all by myself. That would be creepy. Yeah. And like, I would have, I would have a, I would, so I'm, I'm really, like, I used to be really freaked out by everything and I'm a lot better now, mm-hmm. but I still will occasionally 
pull a dresser in front of like the door while I'm sleeping. <laughs> like just that I'm that scared, like just in case. Like if I'm feeling. <laughs> you pretty, never know. <laughs> if it's like a spooky night and it's like raining or lightning, I will get up and I'll pull my dresser just a little bit. And one time someone like a friend came over and had to get in and they tried opening the door. And they were like, wait, what the fuck was that? And they go walk in there like, did you pull your dresser in front of the door because you were scared? I'm like, no, I didn't. Not me. Like, yeah, you did. I'm like, yeah, I did. Yeah. At Fountain Point, um, we were up on the third floor, which is where the eaves are. So in a lot of the, the rooms, um, there are these little, like, like we call them midget doors, like these little doors that slide, and then you have access to the eaves. Like, you know, if there's a triangle of the roof line mm-hmm. then your room kind of comes to where that yeah you know the line of your room and then there's that little part that you could get into to store boxes gotcha. and things mm-hmm. and there's that little midget door and <laughs> my friend julie always put something in front of it or just didn't it was like i don't like that you don't know what's going to come out of that like even though it's just a storage space but it's freaky at my grandparents' house in Connecticut, there was like a closet door. And then in the closet was like another door. To, no, no, wait. Yeah, I think it was like a closet and then a door to go to like the attic or something. Mm-hmm. And that extra freaked me out. <laughs> and like I hated sleeping in that room Ooh, because yeah. it was just like there's too much space. Yeah. There's just too much space. Yeah. I love being like, I hate sleeping in a big room. I like a hmm. like a I like a tiny room to sleep in because I can know what's what's there. Yeah, because again, sense. I get real spooked when I said I got <laughs> I'm like less spooked now that I'm older. That was a lie. I oh. am just as spooked now as ever. Well, because you don't really watch horror movies or anything. No, I don't because they spook me. Like I get too yeah. scared. I yeah. I genuinely get scared by spooky movies, <laughs> and I'm old enough where I'm just like I'm not pretending that they're good to me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's one in particular that I will never be able to unsee. <laughs> I don't. It's called um, It Follows. Oh, Dave made me watch half of that. And I probably, it is so freaky. Oh, and halfway through, I was just like, I'm, uh, it, it, I wasn't like scared, scared. But halfway through, I just went, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. I don't care to know the rest. Oh, Please turn this <laughs> off. Okay. But, yes. and we're, and I think that's why this movie is different too, because it's like, it's got some elements of haunting and horror. But it's also Christmas. But so does A Christmas Carol, the the Dickens mm-hmm. um, story. I mean, one would argue that's not really a Christmas movie, except that it takes place at Christmas. But you get the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah, I thought it showed him go. Future. It took him back to like his life at other points around Christmas. Some yeah, like I'd even call that more of a Christmas story because. But the- it's not necessarily. Yeah, okay. For a ghost to make a point in general, you the, don't need to take a person to Christmas. The story is but... about him mm-hmm. becoming a better person. But it's not necessarily like about Christmas. It's not, but Christmas is, I would argue, a much more integral part Central. of that. Yeah. Yeah. That story but than this just one. like with Christmas Carol, the spirit of Christmas is about... Opening your heart. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And, you know, being, you know, she opens her heart. She was so closed off and, you know, unsentimental. And he, you know, allows himself 
to be helped and figure out this curse thing. And they both, you know, are giving to each other and they open themselves up to something that neither of them had done before and made them stuck in their ways. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. That's I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. At the end, she, she was still an independent woman who don't need no man, but she, she but chose she one. one. Yeah, she chose one. Yes. Uh, you also know that if this did make me think if rum running was still a thing, mm-hmm. like if it's still prohibition or prohibition got passed. We prefer yet. the term rum runners to what? bootleggers. Remember? Oh yeah. He's like, well, we call ourselves rum runners. But that's actually the other question. Was it rum running up here in the Northern parts? I know. Like, wouldn't it be like whiskey, whiskey runners or bootleggers? Yeah. I think rum running, I think was... boats down yeah, where you were actually too. making rum. rum. Sugarcane, yeah. Okay, because that, that, but yeah. you, you do realize that if that was a thing, like today, there's a real good chance your husband and I would be involved in some sort of rum oh or some sort of bootlegging operation. Great. Just, okay, so you seem to I'd not have, have to been aware of that. cry and make him promise me to be back on Christmas Day, and then you'd hit him with a rock, <laughs> and we'd be in a real mess. We'd be in a dill of a pickle. <laughs> and then where would I haunt? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but... We do have to get into the tropes oh, of yeah, these movies yeah. because they are different from the typical rom-com tropes. And here's what I have found from watching this and about three others. Oh, okay. Including another one called The Night Before Christmas. K-N-I-G-H-T. About a 14th century knight who is somehow transported to modern day Ohio. The things that are always there are the girl... The lead girl is missing either one or both parents, which Kate is. I didn't expect you to get this specific. Mm -hmm. Okay. She has experienced a bad breakup or is disillusioned about men, has some sort of breakup situation. Okay. Um, The man that is introduced as the male lead is in some sort of a weird situation so that he is not a viable option for her or is not a threat to her. Okay. Does that make sense? Like he's not coming at her in a typical way so that she is more off of her guard. It's not, it's not like in a normal rom-com that there's a reason they can't be together. It's that he is not even a, a, a viable suitor right. to begin with. Like in this, he's a ghost. Yeah. You can't date a ghost. We thought, right. And yet this in the movie other one, right. In the other one, he's a 14th century knight. You can't date a 14th century knight. She's pretty sure he has a head injury the whole time. You know, like (sighs) that's so, so she has her guard down, which allows her to stay open to this guy, which really makes their relationship grow, you know? And then it's like backpedaling through wet sand. You just can't get back to where you were. All of a sudden you're in love with this guy. Is that a saying? Nope. I just made it up. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) That was so confident. Oh my God. I love it. Ah, wonderful. Oh man. Um, They always end up together in the end. Always. That's just... Even if you're like, how is this going to happen? This can't happen. We've got five. They do. They always do. We've got 45 seconds left and he's still a ghost. (laughs) Look at what I did here. (laughs) Um, It's always female centric. So, you know, very female heavy about the girl and her feelings. You know, the guy is catering to her. You know, there's always a best friend or a sister 
who gives advice. Sometimes if the, it's almost always the mom who's dead. So sometimes it's the, the dad, dad that she has a really close relationship with. And he's like the one who's telling her like, you got to keep your heart open. Maybe that guy is a knight. Yeah. He doesn't have a head trauma. Maybe we should believe him. You know, he said a lot of compelling things. And the other thing that's really weird about these is they almost always involve a cop somehow, which I guess is how, you know, the guy is usually in a weird situation, and which would somehow then involve a cop. <laughs> like, if the lead if the lead is a, a woman, she would presumably be threatened by a mm-hmm. man saying he's a knight, right? Or a or ghost. he drove her car, which he called a steel stallion, and then left it in the middle of the road. Was it a Mustang by chance? No, it was uh, an SUV. That would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. It been a funny little... Your steel steed. Um, but the cop is always friendly. And a lot of times the cop had some sort of family connection, like was friends with your dad or something. It's like, you know, or in this case, the cop is the bar owner's brother who then has to use your... This is uncanny hand. to me that you, you've you watched four or five of these <laughs> and that you're getting... And they're all like this. That's, yeah. that's ridiculous. A lot of times, we didn't get it so much in this one, but a lot of times the, the female lead compares all of her relationships to that of her parents. She idealizes her parents' relationship and always wants... I always wanted something like you and mom had before she passed. You know, you had an idyllic relationship. So she's never really finding that Prince Charming herself. It often involves magic or fantasy or the granting of wishes or some sort of weird supernatural thing. And it's always like... How did this happen? This is amazing. It's a Christmas miracle. Oh, gosh. Um, There is always a title pun. I shouldn't say always. There's almost always a pun in the title. We we certainly got that with Spirit of Christmas. Come on. Or some sort of play on words that hints at, you know, what's going to happen in the movie. Like, Jen Lilly has been in a bunch of these. There's one about to come out that Jen's in called Angel Falls, a novel holiday in which she's a writer. Uh, there's one called Love Unleashed and she has a dog. Uh, Wait. <laughs> uh-huh. There's one called Mingle All the Way and the guy's holding up a mistletoe that they're both Mingle standing under. Mingle All the Way. Mm-hmm. Um, Harvest Love is this new fall one. Eat play love where she's a Is there a dog? A doc yes, a dog dog she's a vet. Vet. Yeah. Um then she gets into some some other like true crime ones. Mommy, I didn't do it. Or the encounter. Um The Spirit of Christmas. Uh just so funny. One small hitch about a wedding. Um so you know, there's a pun. And then these always, always have a party, some sort of usually Christmas Eve party in which things are all culminating. You know, it's like you got to get ready for the party, the Christmas Eve party, the, the whatever party, you know, or everything's going to end or whatever, you know. A pi- the party is a pivotal, a pivotal plot element. Yeah. It's like where 
It's the culminating, it's the climax scene. So I started looking up if there were any other good puns, and I stumbled onto a movie we may actually have to do for this mm. Christmas season. 12 Dates of Christmas. Oh. Mark Paul Gosler. Mm-hmm. Gosselar? Gos- Goslin? Go- no, G-O-S-S-E-L-A-A-R. Gosler. Gosler? Gosler? Is that a guy? Yeah, it's Zach from... I mean, I'm staring at a picture of him and I don't recognize Zach- him. <laughs> it's Zach from uh, Bayside High. Um... Oh, it's uh, uh, with yeah. the cell phone. Yeah, Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Jesus criminy. But I really want to watch it for the actress because we mm. watched a Christmas movie last year starring one Miss Amy Smart. Oh. Could it be Mary Smartmas every year? Mary Smartmas. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll work on the name a little bit, but okay. I think I like Mary Smartmas. Amy Smartmas. Another Amy Smart film. And, the, and here's the best part about it. The write-up a story that follows Kate, a young woman who, after a horrible blind date on Christmas Eve, wakes up to find she is reliving the same ah. date and day Ooh. all over again. It's wow. Groundhog Day, but a Christmas rom-com. Yeah. It's 82 minutes. Oh, gosh. I know it can't be good, and I'm so interested in it. We're going to have to <laughs> see what that's on. Why would you go on a date on Christmas Eve? That's a good question, but now I really want to watch it. Yeah. The only last two things that I really stuck in my craw about this movie. Well, kind of three. She referred to dating a ghost when she said 12 days is enough for me Mm -hmm. as dating a ghost as unconventional. (laughs) That was the word she specifically used because I had to stop myself. I I was very close to doing a literal spit take. Yeah. She's like, yeah, it's unconventional. It's like you're dating a ghost. Who's only alive for 12 12 days. And the other 353 are living a hell (laughs) that he's stuck in. You're asking him to stay in. He's in terrible limbo. Yeah. Well, and also the ghost rules in this. Yeah. Which we've been pretty loose with ghost rules in other movies. Mm-hmm. He can kind of go off property, but not, he can't, nor he can't really no, go, off he property. Can't go off property. But what happens when he falls out of that and how does he get back in? Is does he just disappear into limbo? Because oh. he like, he like mm-hmm. fell out of it to show her oh, he disappeared. Yeah. And then he just showed up back in the hotel. Yeah. We never established what really went on there. Huh. He's, he has a physical representation. Mm hmm. But he seems not scared of anything, like harm befalling him. Oh, that part with him putting the chair while she slept? That was weird. He sat in her room the whole time while she slept because she was having weird things happen. Yeah, but again, I I, I don't know at that point. I've known this guy a handful of days. Come on into my room and just stay here. Maybe you have proven to me that you're a ghost at this point. (laughs) Okay, guess you are. Don't know quite yet if you're a good ghost. I don't know what other weird ghosty powers you have. I just saw you disappear into nothingness earlier. (laughs) So I don't know that I'm comfortable. And he's like, she's uncomfortable with it. He goes, oh, well, how about this? And he turns the chair the other direction. No, that's a nightmare. Yeah, that doesn't make it better. Uh, Now I'm waking up in the middle of the night. Looking at the back of your head. The back of someone I know to be a ghost. Yeah. I know there's a ghost Mm -hmm. there. That's a horror movie. <laughs> I was really afraid that he was going to turn around and be someone else at one point. Like, whoa. Well, yeah. And then also when he finds out who killed him, mm-hmm. he's like, he's not only way cool with like, <laughs> oh, yeah, wife died, kid died. Cool, 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 cool. Mm-hmm. I love That's you. Fine. He's way super cool. Way chiller I than understand. anyone would ever be. But like, yeah, you killed They would have gone for Henrietta. Oh, she was just born. I understand. Yeah. Is, does this dude just not 
like, yeah, I guess care it's been about dead anybody? I don't know. But you know, <laughs> like everything I was sucks, thinking the whatever. whole time, I don't know why exactly, but I would love for Will Forte to have played that guy. Yeah. Wouldn't he be a great best friend? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, God. I just want Will Forte in any romantic comedy. Everything, yeah. but specifically, I want to see him in a romantic comedy. Or I, a Christmas dramedy. Oh, my God. He'd be so good in one of these. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Will Forte. He's, he, uh, how old is he? It's like 49. Like, yeah, 49. He looks great. I know. And he does really look. There was a photo. You sent me a photo of him. Yeah. As Smokey. Pretending. Or the bandit. Or he was the dressed bandit. Dressed up for Halloween like Burt Burt Reynolds, Reynolds in Smokey and the Bandit. And it was like spot on. So there's a joke from, oh God, what is it even from? It might be like basketball or something. A limo goes by and like, huh, must be Burt Reynolds or something. And every time mm. I see a limo or like a motorcade go by, I say that. And, <laughs> Must be and it has, I've been doing that for easily 15 years now. I have uh, never once gotten a laugh. And uh, when I was out with your husband you Saturday. You have to keep doing that though, because you never know who's going to know oh, what no, you're talking about. I'm going to keep saying it. Absolutely. Yeah. But I was out with your husband Saturday at the OSU game and Penn State's motorcade comes by mm-hmm. as we're walking into a bar and there's a you know peop, uh, husband and lady probably in their 50s standing outside just kind of watching it. As we're going in, I turn and huh, must be Burt Reynolds or something. And, I, and as I walked in there, she went, I don't think it's Burt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> she was, but they were drunk enough where she really thought I was saying, that's Burt Reynolds. Could that be Burt Reynolds? That's a, well, first of all, he's dead. He's dead. Second of all, not a Penn State fan, as far as I know. Like what? <laughs> but there was there was a moment she was drunk enough that she really. Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. That young man doesn't seem to know what he's talking yeah. about. Well, he's obviously drunker than we think because <laughs> I don't think Burt Reynolds is in that series of three buses. Oh my god, that's great! I don't know. I loved it. I just, I do that all the time. Anytime somebody mentions the Smoky Mount or sorry, the Rocky Mountains or something like that. I always like mumble to myself like that John Denver is full of shit, man. Just to see if like anyone knows that reference. I I'm in, in I number one. What I know that reference. What's it from? Dumb and Dumber. That's right. <laughs> the big gulps always gets people too. Yeah. That one people recognize for <laughs> yeah, some reason. Though they know that one. Uh, I'm an idiot. I just looked up the woe must be Burt Reynolds or something. Mm-hmm. It's Happy Gilmore. Oh. And I've never once gotten someone to even acknowledge that they've heard the line before. Oh. So another really good one is I was at a fish concert with a friend of ours, John. Mm-hmm. And there's like where they park all the limos for people to just get rides, you know, like um, party buses and things. Mm-hmm. And there's like party buses and limos and it goes, it had to be 20 long. Whoa. And we we drank a good amount in the parking lot. And I went down every single one of those and went must be burt reynolds or something oh, must be burt reynolds or something and john did not even pretend to laugh at oh, any of no. them and so by the last limo we were both just <laughs> gritting our teeth because we knew it had to happen yep yep have to say it yep. happy gilmore is one that brian always quotes um i'll say or someone will say my back hurts and then he'll say no my fingers hurt and then he'll say well now your back's gonna hurt because you've got l- yard duty or whatever I don't cut that part, but he always says that. That was there was there were a lot of cut scenes with Ben Stiller in that movie. I guess where it was like him doing the same type of thing, like yelling at the elderly. I think there was one. I think there was one where they were actually like physically making wallets. Like you saw them doing the hard labor. Maybe I haven't seen that. That may even be in the movie. I haven't seen it in a while. I know. So having said all of those various tropes, 
those aren't really the tropes of a rom-com. Yeah. Those are the tropes of a Christmas Hallmark ro- movie. Romedy. Yeah. Romedy. Right? So I don't know <laughs> how... I think these are their own beast. You know, they don't... Yeah, because this is not a... Fit. I don't think this is romantic comedy. By no. anything that we've seen... There's really seen, no comedy I have, at all. I, at the end... I wrote that I didn't laugh a single time <laughs> and I'm really easy to make laugh. Literally the only time that I chuckled slightly was she comes back from Boston and she asked him, you seen any ghosts lately? And he says, only when I look in the mirror. And I giggled a little bit because his face, he was just doing something funny at that moment. Like he thought it was funny. And I was like, okay, that's pretty good. But most of the lines are just so throwaway and quippy and it's like, this isn't funny. Yeah. You know? Well, but it wasn't even, I didn't even feel like it was trying to be funny at any point. Like you said, it was just, it's all so canned. Yeah. I don't know. I I am easy to make laugh. Yeah. And I did not laugh once in this movie, intentionally. Right. You, the, I mean, I laughed. It's like the, everyone was fulfilling a role, but nobody was really. You're all just placeholders. Yeah. It's like, we're getting through this movie that we've created this this very thing. specific movie <laughs> yeah okay so we can we'll run through at least what we got they well have, the meat cute he's he, a ghost he hits her in the head and then she wakes up well he scares her and she hits her head right i don't know there was a head yeah sure and then she wakes up and he put her on the settee in the most awkward position I've ever seen. Her legs are slightly over it. Her head is basically off the front of it. So when she wakes up, it's like, why am I in this weird position with my head? Like, if you have a head injury, you don't raise your feet and keep your head down. That's a bad thing to do. And it's so confusing. It's like, why would you be like that? But that's how they met. Well, that was a hundred years ago, Sarah. His <laughs> his medical knowledge is a hundred years ago. She's lucky he didn't try to like bloodlet or something. That's true. Get some leeches up. Yeah. Um, they can't be together. Slash, the conflict is he's, he's a, a ghost, ghost, and he, and he's also like married to some other ghost who's also haunting the area. Kind of. Maybe. Yeah. Confusing. Yeah. And why can't she will herself back into? If she's around as a ghost. Because the curse of him turning into a real boy was actually Lily's miracle for him to learn about himself and see beyond his own selfishness. Was that in the movie or are you just trying to make this up? No, that was in the movie. So that was actually a miracle. How fucking steamed would he be, though, if it's like, I'm a ghost. I'm pining (laughs) after this woman. Oh, I found a way to come back, but she can't. Like, I would be in a deep depression. Well, that's why he shouldn't come back. He should have just stayed with her. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, it's your choice. And then she walks off the property and disappears. And then he cuts to dark. And then you see him wandering through the woods. Like. Yeah, that's stupid. How are you alive? Why is it morning? What happened? Mm. Soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Full of Christmas music. It's all Christmas music. It's all, you mean, uh, public domain Christmas music? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Some of my favorites, actually. Well, not a Harry Connick Jr. song to be seen, as far as I <laughs> can tell. If only. Uh, let's see what we've got here. We've got the 12 Days of Christmas. Well, <clears throat> yeah, they had to. We've got, an or- we've got an original song written by the music person, Claude Foisy. Why, Sarah, are you talking about the classic Phantom Phantom Girlfriend? Girlfriend. Yes. 
Then we've got a flute quartet in D major by Mozart. We've got Carol of the Bells, Deck the Halls, Oh Christmas Tree, Jingle Bells, Angels We Have Heard on High, and one of my personal favorites, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. Ooh, that is a lovely one. I mean, you can't get better than that. All of these were arranged and performed by Mr. Cloud Foisy. Yeah, Cloud, so, yeah. So he must have just got wild when he was performing all these. He's been like, let me spin out an original. I got this. Phantom Girlfriend. Just gonna tickle the ivory. That sounds like something a early 2000s indie band would have put out as a album. What? Phantom Girlfriend. Yeah. Doesn't that just true. feel like an album name? Matthew Sweet should have put that up. I can almost see the album cover. <laughs> Uh, like Flagpole Citus could have wrote, written a funny ska version. You mean Harvey Danger? Oh, yeah. Flagpole Citus is the name of the yes. song. Harvey Danger. Mighty Mighty Boston. I see it as like a blue album cover, <clears throat> like architecture blue paper, mm-hmm. but then with just like out like white outlines of shapes on it and then Phantom Girlfriend and just plain type oh, at the bottom. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really good at creating fake That's band good. things. Good job. Like the music I can't really do, but everything right. else. But the design. I'm on point. Ooh. Uh montage. Were there any montages? Um I don't think so. I don't huh. think there was like there wasn't like a her working montage. There wasn't like an investigation montage. There wasn't a party montage. No. Was there a rifling through papers or anything? I don't recall a rifling through papers montage. One huh. of my personal favorite montages. What? Rifling through papers? Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> when I'm going through a lot of papers, I'm being dead serious. And, you know, it's like a table full of things. I like to pretend there's a camera on me and like I just clutch a couple of papers and like kind of shake them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, that's uh, funny. It takes a lot to get through the day. Um, sassy side friend. She doesn't have one. She, she just has no her one. boss. Yeah, she presumably has no one in her life. Yeah, a whole lot of nothing. Because she never calls someone. Is like, hey, just want to let you know, met a ghost. Yeah, there's a ghost here. J- just her boss, literally. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the really only sassy side friend is his is the innkeeper. Yeah. Who ends up buying the place? Yeah. Old Earl. After he gets dating advice from a ghost. From a hundred years prior. I know my advice is a little um, outdated, but I still think that, you know, there's clearly a woman who's attracted to you and you're letting her dance with other men. (laughs) Uh, The jobs of the protagonist. She's a sassy lawyer. And he's a bootlegging rum runner? Rum runner slash owner of the inn. Or was it just a house back then? I think it was just a house. Okay. Uh, every time I hear Rum Runner, by the way, if you ever knew anyone that went to Miami University mm-hmm. and our age range, there was mm-hmm. a band there that everyone loved called the Rum Runners. Oh, and if really? you ever, like, just in general halo around our years mm-hmm. and mention it to someone, they will lose their damn minds. Oh, okay. I, I was told I saw them and liked them, huh. but that I would debate. But you don't remember. No, I don't. Well, I think Rum Runners, I have a friend who lives down in Fort Pierce, Florida, and there's a bar called the Jetty where you can like literally walk up. There's a pickup window and order Rum Runners, and they come in those little small milk jugs that are in a paper bag, and then they give you a straw, and you pull the tab open to open it and stick the straw in, and it is the strongest slush you've ever had. I love that. Yeah, it's really good. I love... You can only have, like, one and a half. I love tropical drinks so much. Like, if there was a way to economically drink them all the time i would because if you go to a tiki bar brought your stomach i love it because but like a tiki bar where they use good juice Mm -hmm. they're expensive i mean because it takes you know good juice is expensive you know here in ohio 
Were you there in the night I decided to core a pineapple and only drink from it? No, but you have told me about it. Yeah. There's just blue curacao was everywhere. Oh, God. It was wonderful. I'm glad I wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, there is really not a lot of levity slash joie de vie. There's n- n- nothing draws me to this film. <laughs> no. And uh, the location is very specific. I thought it was in Canada, but yeah, it's just got to be like Massachusetts, nondescript, snowy area. Yeah, very much so. I mean, they nailed it. Yeah. Good for Christmas. (laughs) Not good for a lot else. Nope. Uh, The subgenre, it's certainly supernatural. Supernatural. That's unavoidable. Mm -hmm. Um, no, No real good boobs. No, there wasn't a lot of like, uh, this was a pretty conservative uh, film in regards to that. Yeah. Speaking of conservative, do you know that there's a whole genre of romance um, that are called bonnet rippers and it's Amish? What? Romance novels. Wait, wait, wait. It's it's romance novels about Amish people or it's romance novels for Amish people? About, because the Amish mostly think it's really stupid. It's about, but for we... Normal, mm-hmm. I normal isn't probably the correct word, but but modern times, modern people. people, yeah, get out of town, mm-hmm. and they're really popular among the religious community. No, yeah, Christian, you're pulling a goof. On I'm me. not. There was one at. There's a um, you know how few books are at Kroger, but there were like one or two at Kroger. They're called bonnet rippers. What? Yeah. Cro- what? Yeah. Have you read one? No, but I, wa- I want to, but I'm scared. Oh my God. It, there is a Wikipedia page for Amish romance. Yeah. Amish romance novels known as Bonnet, Bonnet Rippers. Rippers. Mm-hmm. Bonnet Rippers, the rise of the Amish romance novel. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Some of these covers are hysterical. Yeah. There's like a shirtless Amish, Amish guy clutching a woman. <laughs> okay. Mostly they're very chaste. And it, they, you know, appeal to the woman who wants romance without necessarily all of the sex and wants it in a very kind of prescribed way. Do you know, just earlier today, within two hours of this recording, I told someone, a, a friend, Dave, who mm-hmm. will be on an episode soon, mm-hmm. that he would be good at writing beach romance novels. And I meant it yeah. as a compliment. Huh. So that's very interesting. Maybe he needs to get into... Bonnet, Bonnet rippers. rippers. Yeah. Oh my god. Although I think you may go off the rails and not be. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be a bonnet. Bon- oh my god! There's one called the Prodigal that has just two normal-looking Amish people, mm-hmm. but the lady is kind of looking off over her shoulder in a forlorn fashion, while the guy with the hat is kind of like mm. giving a a haughty look. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, that, there's that. Yep. Uh, going back to the tropes, though. There's not a ton else. There's no real physical comedy because there's no real comedy. I would argue, honestly, I don't think there was that much romance in it. Like, the, she met a ghost. Yeah. Like, but where did it's they... It's not until the end. And it the comes... Climax. And it comes real quick and She fixes real his heavy. tie and then all of a sudden she kisses him. Yeah. There, there's not... We don't see... What do you connect with a ghost over to? Right. Where's your relationship his, really? His dead wife? <laughs> Apparently that was the the spark that started the embers of their relationship aflame. Dead wife, dead kid. Yeek. I don't know. No cameos. No. 
Although that would be really funny to get like Henry the, Winkler to tell me Paul Giamatti would he would not have been out of place walking oh through this. God. Paul Giamatti at that scene That'd ordering be a drink. Great. Paul Giamatti as um Emmy like somebody's dad or something or in the old old times like one of what if he was the gangster that Ooh. who sent what's his name to kill What's his name? <laughs> Paul Giamatti as her boss would be good too. Oh my gosh, yeah. I don't care what you're doing there. Get Priorities, back here. Kate. Yes. Priorities. Uh-huh. I love Paul Giamatti. Um, real world advice slash learning moments. Fuck Open your f- heart to the Christmas spirit. To ghosts? Yeah. But it wasn't a Christmas spirit. She opened her heart to like a dude. He's a ghost. He was a spirit. Length of the movie is correct. Hour 30. Yeah. Uh, hour 30, hour 31. Right in there. Yep. She goes through a change. She opens her heart. She has that self-discovery. Yeah, I guess. It kind of comes out of nowhere. But she's willing to fucking sacrifice Everything. and never date any other dude to be with a guy for 12 days a year. That's not good. Yeah. Well, and then also, you're going to have a lot happen in a year. You're right. gonna be chatterboxing this poor guy's ear off, and then you're gonna, you know, well, what's new with When's you? When's she gonna start like, figuring out that this is totally untenable? <laughs> like January 11th? You're like, oh, this is a bad idea. I, I, I would actually say she'd probably make it at least three years. Three years? I really think this woman, Whew. after 12 days, she's that hooked on a hundred year old ghost. <laughs> she's at least making it a couple years. Do you think yeah. if he's a real boy? That he has working sperm? Yeah. Oh. Well, that's a good... Qu- yeah. I would think. Yeah. So you're... She could have the kid. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. But that would also be... Then he's like in a limbo for a year wondering what's happening to his kid. Yeah. This is a horror story. <laughs> I mean, like really, the ending of it... Love turns dark. There's nothing about this ending mm-hmm. based on the argument you read. <laughs> And what we're piecing together that makes this a happy ending. Or the, Does the he is age a happy now? Oh, yeah. Does he age normal? I think now that he's chosen life and Jesus himself out of that. Once well, so a hundred years ago, lifespans were substantially shorter. And he's already in his, like, what, late 20s at this point? Yeah, like 30. Isn't he going to have a but lot of But now he'll impending? have nutrition and... Yeah, but damage probably would already be done to some extent. Yeah. No vaccines. But what about his body, like... Well, he's been he hitting the gym. In, he Apparently, gets, heaven yeah. has a gym. But he gets in. I don't think he has a body when he's not in those twelve days. It sounds like he's just lost in the darkness. Yes, and then the d- body materializes a- again. What do you do with that body? Can it be given vaccines? Do they disappear when you your body disappears? That's a good question. Does it just reset every time? Yeah. No, they didn't think that much ghost logic through this. Yeah, it's probably a bad idea. So then, if an alien, no, came to, <laughs> I mean, if an alien came down looking for a Christmas romance, yeah, maybe that's the better question because this is not a romantic comedy. No, I, I think not we would at both all. say that. I wouldn't even give it a five. I mean, it. I, I give no. it maybe a five and call it dead. Like it has. No. You think you'd give it lower than a five? Yeah, like a three. Okay. Two. Um, but if you're looking for like, hey, there's this whole genre of Christmas movies out there. Mm. You know, this romantic, one. Romantic-ish Christmas movies. Yeah. That don't really satiate normal itches. <laughs> That's a whole other issue. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> normal itches. 
Um, yeah, then I would put it at probably like an 8.5 because like you said, there's not a ton of reason why these two are, should be together or a lot of connection that you see. But from seeing the, for the research you've done into this genre, which is deeper than I would have done, (laughs) this, this is pretty. But it fits. Yeah. Yeah, It fits. It's got almost every trope in there so don't watch it as romantic comedy no. watch if you just need filler on christmas yeah do you put this on sarah if relatives are in the house and you just oh, need yeah. something to fill the silence for sure because it's pretty safe oh yeah there's no real awkward scenes unless yeah. you have like a uncle who died rum running right yeah that'd be a problem might drum up some bad memories or you live in an old hotel or yeah or if you have a ghost in the family right then right is in the room or somebody and her child died or you know something like that but in general safe film to put on for the holidays <laughs> yeah okay so what else do we have um so cody wrote into us saying the last movie sleeping with other people mm-hmm. we were trying to decide oh yeah, yeah, yeah who yeah, would yeah. replace jason sudeikis mm-hmm. and cody suggested jason siegel jason siegel which i was interested in I like your it. opinion no i think i like you it you think he could pull off does he have enough oddly cut like the confidence yeah sarah he does because remember and, and he did it almost to like a creepy extent but mm. i think he could dial back the creepy from um knocked up because he did kind of play oh, that yeah. that uh, super confident yeah that really over the top confident dude yeah. i think he could because if he tied that in with kind of his normal type of comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I could see Jason Siegel doing it. Cause he'd have to really commit because I think so much of his comedy comes in his vacillation between man and boy kind of stuff. You know, I think that could kind of work in this role though a little bit. Hmm. I think so. I think it would bring something different to the, Jean. the role or the role. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, Jason Sudeikis played it kind of, you know, arrogant, goofy. Mm-hmm. I think bouncing between, like, kind of, you know, confident adult and kind of goofy child thing, but still <laughs> confident, could really work out. Yeah. It, he just has to play a success, like a yes. very successful, you know, Yeah. Person. Yeah. I think he could do it, though. I do like yeah. that one. All right. Um, All right, Cody. We approve. You know who... Also, I think would fit in there. And you're going to call me crazy. All right. But it's, I was watching uh, just SNL YouTube videos because I have a lot of time on my hands and that's mm-hmm, what I do now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That and theme park videos. Yeah, but that's yeah. a whole other depressing thing yeah. uh, that I'm working my way through. Okay. Uh, but I watched a couple skits mm-hmm. and it was someone that is usually a very cool customer. All right. But kind of showed real comedic chops. Mm-hmm. You're going to hate this at first, but really think about it. Ryan Gosling, because he can do comedy. Oh, yeah. Why would I hate that? Because the roles we've seen him in for this, he's played almost too stoic, Hmm. I would say. Aloof. Yeah, yeah. And and that's not what this role is. But Hmm. on SNL, the skits he was on there, he was very funny. And I mean, great comedic timing. I would would put him, I, I think. He could have crushed it, and he would have been great against Allison Brie too. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Jason Segel yeah, would be great no, with Allison Brie though too. I see God, Allison Brie is so good. Yeah, she is good. I could totally date her. <laughs> you would totally date her. I think uh, she would find me charming, Sarah. All right. Some women do. 
somewhere. Some somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> you'll um, find those women. Someday soon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Sarah, if they want to give us any more feedback. Well, how about sticking with romcomcom dot com on Instagram or Facebook? Because I don't know what's going on with our email right now. Um, but social media, try, yes. Try those and we'll let And even our website, romcomcom.com. You can leave the a name message of on, the our, show. on our website. Yeah. yeah, which is the name of the show. So yeah, let us know if there's any other good, I guess, these oh, yeah. Christmassy Do you guys type. have any that are your favorites? Is there one that really May. speaks to you? One that might actually cross over and be an actual rom-com yeah, instead does it of just like this both? weird Christmas subgenre, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. So... Cool. And then, Sarah, if they loved our intro and outro themes, who sings that? This is my suitcase. What's the name of the song? Love. Off, off of. <laughs> the Keys to Cat Heaven. Yeah, check that out. Uh, again, great local band. They just, uh, Joe just put out an album of children's songs hmm. under the name Classical Baby with his wife. So, Yay. yeah, they wrote some of the songs. I think he, I think I saw a post. They wrote some of the songs on their honeymoon, something like Aww. that. So. Stop being so cute. Yeah, being cute. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll check that out. But yeah, Sarah, I had fun, and I look forward to some more Christmas. Knock out some good Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving and all of this. And yada, yada, yada. Did you just yada, yada holidays? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Goodbye. I would get compliments. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah.